Hello, I'm Adam. And I'm Billy. Um, this is a very special episode as I'm going to pass it off to Adam for a little bit. As yeah, he, yeah, we talked he about it. He's just going to – this is my moment. He got his little Sixers coaching rant. Um, I'm going to take mine because uh, we just, I think, what, an hour ago, um, just under an hour ago, the uh, Celtics Heat game two wrapped up. Uh, I'm fully fucking convinced. Sorry for swearing, uh, but I, I'm going to label this episode explicit because I, I don't think I can hold back. Um, yeah, this was um, this was a disgrace. Uh, this the series, assuming Gordon Hayward's not back in in game three, uh, Heat are going to win this in four. This is going to be a clean sweep uh, if Hayward's not back. Uh, tonight was just – it was um, – it was kind of defining everything since game two. Uh, that OG and Anobi shot just killed the pace of this team. Third quarter has been fucking awful. Um, it is Brad Stevens, man. I, like, I can't cap. I, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Uh, this is Brad Stevens. Can't coach the team for shit. They got nobody who wants to step up. Tatum's shot selection is absolutely awful. Um only guy out there who gives a shit appears to be Marcus Smart. And, like, what can he do? He's not Kemba. He's not Jalen. He's not Tatum. He's not Hayward. Like, he's not one of these crazy, talented offensive guys. Like, what can he do? And it's just so frustrating because all regular season and all, like, the first 90% of these fucking playoff games, you are killing Miami. You are destroying them. Miami is not a good team. They are just out-coaching you and out-efforting you in the third quarter. Not even the fourth. Miami has played some bad fourth quarters. It's just the third quarter. Like, in game two, you go in to the third quarter. I'm going to look this up. I I usually have stuff in front of me. This episode is going to be kind of a mess for the first part until we talk about Kawhi and the Clippers because that – Oh, if I was a Clippers fan, I would be just as fucking pissed as I am right now at the Celtics. Um, but let me just look at this shit. Ending. So let's let's see this. Let's see this. You enter the third quarter up 13. You exit the third quarter only what? They were down they were down fucking six. How does that happen? A 20-point third-quarter swing. You have to understand, for anyone listening to this, the barely people who are, that don't understand basketball, it's pretty fucking impossible for a team consistently to get outscored by 20 fucking points in the third quarter, in a quarter for a team to get outscored by 20 points. Miami is not a good team, and you are letting them out-effort you in the most important quarter of the basketball game, and you're getting your ass kicked late game. They shouldn't need Jalen Brown to try and play hero and try – like he would have had to make – Four straight threes, and he was about to if he didn't rim one out at the end. Like, I'm watching this miss. He shouldn't have to make or take those shots. It's dumb. You should never be in the position against a team like this. Again, I'm going to say it again. They're not a good team. 
We lead the league in postseason double-digit blown leads. Miami's not good. They were built to beat Milwaukee. They struggled against Indy fucking Anna, who had nobody, somehow swept them in all four close games. The Celtics, unless they get Hayward, are about to get swept. Marcus Smart was in the locker room throwing stuff, yelling at everybody. He damn right should be, because I know Brad Stevens, smug ass, isn't disciplining anyone. Kemba Walker played well. I'll give him that. Up until the third quarter, he was shit and terrible. After maybe halfway through the third quarter, he was awful. He had a great first half. Other than that, Tatum, again, for any other player, you'd look at that stat line and say that's a good game. He played like shit. This is a guy who, in the postseason for this team, minus Gordon Hayward, I'm sorry, but you have the potential and you have to come out and score 35 points a game. Like, you can do it. If he was really trying, he has the potential. We saw him do it in the first round and the second round. He can come out and score a 35 game on anybody. He did it against Thibel, did it against Harris, did it against OG Ananobi, did it against Siakam. He was doing it against all Toronto's defenders, all the Phillies' defenders. And somehow, Duncan fucking Robinson, this white guy from New Hampshire, is locking you down. They can't beat zone defense for shit. They have to work on that. The box in one, you beat it in the Raptors series. That's harder to play against than a straight-up 3-2. I don't get how this team is losing these many games this way. It's not like you're down. For once in my life, I will say I actually wanted Enos Kanter to be playing fourth quarter minutes in an important playoff game. He was dominating, and then you took him out, and Grant Williams and Daniel Tice, again, Daniel Tice doesn't play badly, but you have to acknowledge, as a coach, you know he's going to get no calls, and you know he's going to get screwed over. So why the hell is he in the game? When you are down and you are struggling, why would you take a guy out who was torching Bam Adebayo, I know Ennis Kanter has defensive problems, but trust me, you're not stopping anybody anyway, so might as well get the guy that can score on zone defense, something that every eighth-grade kid in AAU is taught how to beat. I learned how to beat that shit in sixth grade. How have these guys not learned how to beat it? They have weeks of preparation, and they're fucking pros. I swear to God, this has been a terrible, terrible series. I expect them to win game three somehow still, I think this team is very good with their backs against the wall. They've proven that in the past. Um, But damn, it's a swing. And I'm going to keep going. I know that sounded like I was going to let you in. I'm going to keep going for like five more minutes just so I can finish. But it's it's just jarring how you can go from playing so well against a Toronto team that I – have said on this podcast, I've tweeted it out, I've said it multiple times, I believe to be a better team than this Miami team. I think if Toronto would have gotten to this Eastern Conference Finals, which I honestly think they deserve to at this point, the way we're fucking playing, Toronto should have been gone. You know, they should have been here. Uh, I think Toronto would be up 2-0 on this team. I'm completely honest about that. This Miami team has no one to guard Siakam, no one to guard the backcourt guys. I mean, I really think Toronto's a better matchup for them, but we 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 should be. We should be a better matchup, but it's effort. We're playing like shit. Uh, we don't care. I, I think I've maybe seen, you know, Smart and Kemba care. I I don't – I love the Jays, and I never want to go at them like this, but Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have to step up because they're playing with no effort. Both those guys look like they don't care. Uh, win or lose, both of them look like they could go home, uh, you know, just coast, whatever. Rightfully so. It's a pandemic. I'm not going to say, 
you know, you shouldn't care about your family or anything because they should over basketball. But this is getting to the point where you're not giving effort. You're walking back on defense and offense. Um, you know, you're forcing guys like Smart uh, and Kemba, who's being hounded, um, you know, correctly, I think, by Spolstra. Uh, and again, a lot of this is you're just getting out coached. I mean, Brad Stevens is a very overrated coach. Spolstra, I've said it multiple times. To me, he's a top five coach in the league. Um, you're getting out coached. You're getting out efforted. I want to see more effort from the Jays. I think Smart and Kemba are playing really well. Um, I, th- I would assume when Hayward gets back, which, God, you have to hope is game three. You have to. I mean, if you don't get him back for game three, you're going down 3-0. As constructed, I I mean, just watching the highlights of the previous games against Miami, I mean, God, is it apparent now you can't win without this guy. They can't stop Hayward, and you don't have him. And he's such a unique player. The fact that he is like – he basically is a tall point guard because he plays a lot of point. But you take him out of the lineup, and yeah, Smart has been amazing – but I don't think it's smart that's the problem. I think you're forcing Tatum to play a role that he can't play. You're trying to get Tatum to facilitate for other guys, trying to get him in the lane because they're hounding Kemba, making Kemba the focal point of the defense, which fucking works. But, I mean, Tatum, like, he's got to – he's just got to step up. He's got to not be trying to set up guys. You have to set him up. I don't get why we're running plays for – you know, Shemi Ojale, Daniel Tice, even Marcus Smart at times. I mean, unless he's hot, I wouldn't run a play for him. But I don't know why you're taking – it's this. It's the thing that doomed you in 2018 in that game seven. It's the same thing, and it's Brad Stevens' weakness. And I've talked about this with, with you know, friends back home. I haven't said it here, but it's Brad Stevens loves playing the Greg Popovich style without the Greg Popovich personnel. He loves to try and pass the ball around and, you know, just get the open guy when he should be letting his guys go one-on-one, his best players that are hot, go one-on-one. It's the same thing that doomed you in 2018. You would have made the finals in 2018 if you didn't take the ball out of Tatum's hands in uh, the fourth quarter of game seven, just started trying to play, you know, team ball. At some point, hero ball is good. Hero ball is not good when you're forced to do it because you played shitty team ball at the end of the third quarter for two straight games. Now you have to go to hero ball in the fourth quarter. That's not the point. The point is you should go to hero ball when your heroes, when your top players are playing well. And you had Kemba and Jalen going into that third quarter really hot. And then what did Brad do? He took the ball out of their hands. He started going to Smart, started deferring to Tatum, to Tice, to Grant Williams. I also don't understand why we didn't see Time Lord in this game. I think the way that they were playing zone defense, Time Lord could have been a real matchup problem for Miami, and he got zero minutes. He got a DMP in this game. So I think a lot of it's coaching, more of its effort. I want to see it out of this team. I think one of the words that was used by Gary Washburn, who who's in the bubble, he writes for the Globe. He's their beat writer on the Celtics. Um, the word he used was uh, the team looks like it's imploding. And I get positive and negative connotations from that. Um, the positive is 
it was a very similar environment in late 2018 when Kyrie got hurt. He's out for the playoffs. This is the year they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, not the year they collapsed against Milwaukee. Um, you know, they didn't know what they were going to do without Kyrie, and it brought the guys closer together. But this, I mean, this feels way different because you should be beating this Miami team. I mean, this I'm talking two straight games. This is not a bluff. This is not, you know, just me being a Boston fan saying Boston's a better team. Boston is a better team. They've been up double digits in both games. They were damn near up 20 today, and they blew that lead. I think the biggest lead they had was 19, and they blew that. Boston's a better team. They're just not finishing, and that is the key thing. It's the third quarter. It's the third and early fourth – the entire third quarter and the early fourth quarter. This team can't finish, and that's the problem. They're a better team than Miami. I think Boston has a serious argument when they get Hayward back that they're the best team left in this playoffs. But if they don't start to finish, they're not going to get close to touching the finals. I think you, for game three, you have to get Hayward back. That's the main thing. He has to come back. If you don't have him, you're going to lose. You know, and I don't care about re-injury at this point. If I'm Brad Stevens, Hayward's leaving anyway for the birth of his child. I think you really only need Hayward to get by them, to get by Miami. I think in the finals is going to be a free-for-all if you can get there. I don't think you'll get there at this point. I don't see a way for them to win four out of five. Again, I kind of tweeted out kind of jokingly and a little – you know, bit coming from being a little sad about the game. Um, the only place I think you can look to hope, I guess, is 2018. You know, the series went exactly like this. You know, the Celtics won the first two games pretty convincingly, both conveniently off-blown leads. Then they played Cleveland and got blown out in the next two. Then game five, they won. Game six, they got blown out. In game seven, they collapsed in the fourth quarter. I think your only hope is that you pull something like that off, where – kind of similar to the Toronto series in the first four games, the road teams win all the games. Um, Again, I'm not, I don't think the series is over. I think Boston's too good of a team to call it over. And again, we saw with Toronto, we were saying the same thing. Toronto came out convincingly in game one, then just got demolished. And then in game two, um, they blew a lead. And it's almost a mirror image for me. I'm hoping it is. I don't think it will be. I think Gordon Hayward will not play in game three. I think the Celtics will lose game three. I think they will lose this series in four or five games at this point. That I'm changing my prediction. I'm going to go Heat in four. I think this is a clean sweep based on the way they're playing. Um, if they don't fix anything for game three, if Brad Stevens doesn't make an, adjust, doesn't make an adjustment, I think he should be fired. I thought he should have been fired after last year. I think blowing that team was just inexcusable. But I know Danny Ainge won't. I know Danny Ainge, you know, the Hayward injury gives you an excuse. It shouldn't, but it does. Um, You should be winning these games without Hayward. That's my point here. That's the excuse I'm seeing is that they don't have Hayward, so they're not a complete team. They shouldn't be beating this Miami team. Yes, they should. They should be kicking Miami's ass. Miami is not as good of a team as you. When fully healthy, they're not. Even you without Hayward. And the fact that we can't beat this team, even we're coming off a series where we played so well against maybe the best coach team in the playoffs. 
we were able to break their defenses down, get them out of rhythm, and we can't seem to do that with this team. Um, and it just leaves me pointing at one guy, and it's weird because it's not the per- it's the person you predicted to kill us, the person I didn't think would be a problem. It's kind of ended up they put Smart on Butler, and Butler – don't get me wrong. He has been terrible in this series. He has not been good. Uh, he has gotten bailed out by calls late. Um, he has been just not good on defense, getting cooked by Tatum, Brown, and Kemba. It's been Goran Dragic. And the fact that you cannot game plan for him has been kind of embarrassing, if I'm Brad Stevens. This is just a dude who calls himself the Dragon, a grown man, mind you, calling himself the dragon, which is pretty embarrassing, um, is kicking your ass. You know, I don't know. I, I would I would make a dick joke, but I don't think that's appropriate. Um, it's just – it's jarring. It's it, – like last year I wasn't shocked when they collapsed because I think every Celtics fan saw that collapse coming. This collapse is like Bam and Butler aren't even playing well. It's Hero, it's Robinson, it's Drogic. And I said it last podcast, and I can't believe it happened again. Jay fucking Crowder is beating you. He's beating you. He can't miss. I'm going to pull up the stats, but, I mean, you're letting these role players beat you. And it's embarrassing. The only role player I think you've managed to shut down is Andre Iguodala. I'm, I'm fairly confident in that. That's the only guy you've been able to stop because he's been terrible. Uh, you know, I think he was the only guy. No, they had a lot of minuses on Miami, but still, I mean, geez, this is just embarrassing at this point. Drogic had 25 points. Butler had 14 points on 36% shooting. That's their best offensive player. And I mean, Goran Dragic, hats off to you. Uh, Bam Adebayo getting easy buckets late. Um, Duncan Robinson woke up. He wasn't a problem for you last game. He's a problem this game. Hero wasn't. I mean, he just scored when he needed it. Jay Crowder didn't even shoot that well from three, but made him when they counted. And, I mean, on your side, Kemba had 23 on good efficiency. Tatum had 21, took 12 shots. It's 12 shots for a guy that I think most people in these playoffs before this series, heading into this series, were saying he's now probably a top 15 player in the league, 12 shots. 12 shots. Jalen Brown shot more than him. Marcus Smart shot more than him. Marcus Smart shot more than Jason Tatum. That sums up the game. That's the coaching. That's coaching. That's not guys not giving effort. That's not, oh, they're a better defensive team. That's not you can't beat the zone. That's bad coaching. Tatum got 12 shots. That's terrible, terrible, terrible coaching. Kemba got 19 shots. He was 9 for 19, 23.7 rebounds. Good bounce back for him. Smart, you don't get the same production. You got good production on defense, so I'm not mad at that. Jalen Brown showed up, finally. It was about time. Um, 21 and 6. 
he played fine. Tatum was average. I mean, below average, actually. His per-game averages are lower. Tice was bad. Cantor was good. Romeo got hurt. Wanamaker was bad. This is a bad game. Um, I don't see how you come back from this without Gordon Hayward. I want to see more news on him, but um, that's where I'll end it. I'll let you. I know you have a lot to say about about the I, uh, about the Clippers. I I don't have much to say about them. I kind of expected their collapse, but I agree with arguably most of that. Um, it was pretty disgusting how lazy the Celtics were in the third quarter. It made me really frustrated because oh, you you can get right into the Clippers. Yeah, we're we're done with Boston. I I'm gonna close the book on that. We're just going to close the book on that game, too. We're not going to talk about that. All I right. want to leave it on something harsh because that's all this game was. Miami didn't win. Again, it's another game. I'll stop. But it's another game where Miami didn't win. Boston lost it. Mm-hmm. Boston had the game. You had the game. You had the game in the fourth quarter, too. You took a lead in the fourth quarter, and you had the game. But on to the Clippers because I feel like that overall, because the Celtics haven't lost their series yet. There's a chance the Celtics come back and win. It's a small chance, but there is a chance. But the Clippers, that's... It's absolutely disgusting. That's what it is. A team that's a no-doubt Eastern Conference final run completely blew it. They blew it. Western, Western. Western, Western, yeah. We're not talking about the season anymore. (laughs) They completely blew it. This is one of the most... I was what Stephen A. Smith said. I completely agree. This is one of the biggest choke jobs in NBA history. Like seriously, you are arguably the best team in the league starters from top to bottom and you blow it. And when the final game comes, the guy people were comparing to Michael Jordan plays like dog crap. He didn't even defend. He didn't even defend. People call him. This episode's already getting flagged. I'm going to flag it myself. So you can go ahead and let loose on this one. I could let it loose, but I don't know if I want to. Because honestly, I could give a crap about the Los Angeles Clippers. I'm not a fan, but I'm. This is just ridiculous. I don't. I think everyone wanted the Clippers to play the Lakers. I think it was going to be a good series. Would you agree with that? I'd agree with that. I thought LA, LA was. I, I thought it's a case of this year's Bucks. To be quite frank, I think these are very two similar situations. Mm-hmm. The Bucks were built, I think, to beat the Celtics, and the Clippers were built to beat the Lakers, and they overlooked their second round opponent. I don't think it was built- overlooking. I think it's just. I think it's cockiness. I think it's being lazy. Patrick Beverly is not that great of a player. I do not care. He's not. I think his play at the end is very dirty. Well, he is overrated. I think just the fact – I mean, you look at this year's Defensive Player of the Year voting. Someone voted for him over Smart. And Ben Simmons. Well, no. Simmons was higher up on the voting. I'm talking about him and Smart tied for the points. and. Pat Bev got a first-place vote over Smart, which is crazy to me because Smart is an astronomically better defender and an astronomically better player than Patrick Beverly, and they're getting compared. And it's just – to me, it's jarring, but Pat Bev is bad. Paul George as well. 
this isn't just one game that I'm mad about. Like, I'm mad about one game with Kawhi Leonard because if he carried the team, he carried them. He doesn't, he doesn't, he, but he, you don't choke on a game seven like that. I don't care how much you've done. Oh, and I mean, the choking. Yeah, he was tired. He was tired. He's the guy who sits out half the damn year. He's the one making the NBA relatively toxic with how, how much he sits out, not giving the fans what they want. It's bull crap. It's bullshit. I'm pissed. The there guy, we go. There we go. Clap it up. Around. I'm happy about go, that one. I've gone to I've gone to a Sixers Cavs game when LeBron was on when LeBron was on Cleveland and he fucking sat out. He sat out. And you know what? This is the guy who starts all that bull crap because he goes, "Oh, I'm I'm too tired. I'm gonna sit out this game. I'm gonna sit out the next game. Got all that rest, and now you fucking blow it in a game seven. Overrated. Overrated. He's the guy who gets pampered the whole year, and now he just choked it. And, yeah, Paul George sucked the whole playoffs. So Yeah, I, I, I place more of the blame. I think we differ on this because I place – Oh, I blame, I blame Paul George for the overall loss of the series. Yeah, I was going to say, this the series overall, I'd blame on Paul George. Because you expect this for Paul George at the Game 7 at this point. You don't expect yeah. this awful, awful performance from your quote-unquote – absolute superstar, arguably best player in the world, some people say. Kawhi's not a best player in the world. He is a superstar. You can't deny that. Yeah, he's a superstar, superstar. but he's far from the best player in the world. I wouldn't say far. I think he's top five. I'd still put him top five. I don't think one game is going to change that. I think they were destined to lose this series. After you lost game six, I knew they were going to lose this series. This series was over. Even though I predicted them to win, I thought the refs would have more of an impact, honestly. But – the Clippers were getting calls, and they just blew it. It was just a lack of effort. Um, yeah, and I think it it also starts from, like, this team is selfish. Yeah. I mean, out- I, I would say outside of Kawhi and PG, yeah, because PG was dealing with his uh, mental health thing, so I'm not going to blame him on that. Mm-hmm. Kawhi is too damn quiet, I think. Well, we don't know who that guy is, life. but Marcus Morris – yeah, Morris. Morris is actually a good guy, but, but he's still I, trying I, I to injure he, people. You look at Lou Williams, basically sacrificing. Yeah, that's the one I point to. Lou the Will. whole bubble. He was, Yeah, he's more selfish than anybody. I I like Marcus Morris, so I'm not going to say he's selfish. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that. Um, I think maybe shots wise he is. Yeah, he's, he takes a lot of bad shots. I don't think he's selfish. Um, I think it's mainly Lou Will. I think Montrez Harrell played awful in this series. I think that's another thing people aren't looking at. Um, you know, he averaged two rebounds a game. Okay. And now, now to let, me, let me go on the other side. Nikola Jokic is the best center in the NBA. He's better than Embiid. He proved me wrong. Yeah, I've been him. saying that. I've been saying that. He's been the best center in the league. For I like don't think he's the best, like, dominant center because he's just a whole different breed. No, that's Cat. I'm joking. I just want to see if we're on Zoom right now, so I just want to see his face. And I said that it's MB. I was gonna walk in your room. (laughs) That's that's a freezing cold take, but this guy is special. I can't. I really respect the Denver Nuggets organization by taking a shot on a guy like that. Like, if you were a scout, would you really pick the Doughboy? Yeah, I mean, they, they take chances on all the European guys and the kind of white guys. They they do that a lot. But it's nice Jokic is uh, playing well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, to me, Jamal Murray, honestly, ever since that video came out of him and his girlfriend, he's been playing really well. <laughs> I'm just it. saying. He has the bad qualities sucked. right out of him. He hasn't sucked. He hasn't sucked. I mean, he's came, like, <laughs> up to the plate, and he's playing really well. And I mean, yeah, like, you know – some of his games might be like spotty a little bit, you know, like maybe not, you know, the best. I mean, game seven in the first round, he didn't play that well. Um, you know, he he didn't really he didn't really come to play yet. But I think, you know, against the Lakers, I mean, he is coming. Like he is coming at their guards. The thing about him, I think it's coming. I'm done with the jokes, by the way. Yeah. I think it's confidence more than anything with him. I think he's one hell of a confident yeah, he's player. He's cocky now, man. Was cocky. Okay, we're done. <laughs> but he's one confident player. He – one thing – I've always liked Jamal Murray. I, I've always been pretty high on him. I oh, never, I didn't. I didn't. I've been low on him for a while. After his first year, I was real low. Really? I was pretty yeah, high. Yeah, I mean – I, I was, thought he was a decent scorer. No, I mean, I never was expecting this. He is so confident shooting the ball. He'll pull up from half court if he wants to. He'll pull up from anywhere on the court now. It's all confidence in the ball. I mean, yeah, he's he's pulling out. I mean, pulling up from uh, anywhere on the floor. Uh, He's. He's just been he's been really good, reliable for them. This is what they needed. They needed a guy like a perimeter scorer. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm back to being serious. They needed a perimeter scorer. Michael Porter, I don't think is that right now. I think I he think could be. He has the potential to be one heck of. He a has good the player. potential to be great. First, he has to learn how to play defense. Uh, statistically, he is the worst defender in the playoffs. Uh, worse than his teammate Nikola Jokic. Uh, somehow worse than Kemba Walker. Don't know how that's possible. But he has been the worst defender in the playoffs, so they have to find a solution for that. Um, and I think that's where Jeremy Grant comes in. I think playing Jeremy Grant, mixing those two minutes, because uh, Grant gives you an athletic finisher on offense, not much shooting, but on defense, it's just such an upgrade. And I think they're going to throw Grant at LeBron a lot. I think that's the guy that you could see Grant on. I just don't know. My problem with the Nuggets going into this series is not LeBron. I think they're going to do a really good job on LeBron. I think it's Anthony Davis. I think they're going to throw. I think they're going to throw their center and Grant at Davis. I think. They're well, gonna- I think what we're going to see is Mason Plumlee playing like thirty minutes a game in this series. I, I think we're going to see an uptick because he's their best defensive big, and I think you want to conserve Jokic. I think inevitably Jokic is going to have to guard AD. Which I think is going to be impossible. I think AD, there's a good chance he might average 40 this series. Well, you could you could run a zone if you're the Nuggets. and Yeah, I mean, yeah, LA doesn't have much shooting, so that could work. But yeah. I think LeBron is just – that would then – it would stop AD. It would then not stop LeBron at all. I think time. a box and one could work, like Toronto did against Kemba. But do you want Jeremy Grant – playing that much, having to move that much, exhausting him. Mm-hmm. When I, I'm trying to think who they got. Him, Monte Morris, maybe. I feel like I'm definitely blanking on a wing defender they have because there's no way they beat the Clippers with – maybe they did with little wing defense. But well, now 
let no before we go into the prediction and talking about this series i want to go back to the clippers Oh, yeah, I wasn't going to go to that at all. We can keep talking about this series. We've barely gotten into the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, damn. What moves a... do you think? Do you think Paul George is gone? I don't think the main two are gone. I think you run it back with them. It was your supporting cast, I would say. I think Paul George, I think it's, Paul George. it's a mental thing for him. I don't think he's gone. I think he's a very tradable asset. But I just think he, you've given too much of an investment of picks and young players to go back on Paul George. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, you've got to trade Lou Will, Trez Harrell. You got to re-sign him and trade him. Morris is a free agent. You got to trade Pat Bev. You got to thin your bench and get a third guy. I think that's the way you match everybody else in the West. Uh, to me, uh, it was an idea. I think Stephen A. said it would be to go get Drew Holiday. Um, I think you go even further. Um, you just blow up your future past 2027, and you just try and go get Chris Paul back. That's what I would do. I don't think they're going – I think they're going for a big – if I'm going to be honest, I will go for a guard. If you, the Sixers sign Mike Cantoni, there's a real possibility Paul George will be a Sixer and Joel Embiid will be on the Clippers next season. Well, that's a great trade for the Clippers. I don't know how that would work for Philly. Yeah, me neither. But I don't think that's good I, for I them because happening. Can can you? What? If D'Antoni signed, I think it's a real possibility that happens. I don't think it is. I think that's a little bold. I think that's bad for Philly. I don't think I don't think Elton Brand would allow that to happen. Um, I think Philly. I I don't want to stress on them too much because I think it's a little off topic. But I will say this: I I think they have to go for a guard. I like the idea of Chris Paul. I do not like the practicality of it. I like the practicality of a Drew Holiday. New Orleans is a team under the cap. New Orleans is a team willing to take on a veteran and more future assets. I think that is a way you could trade Harris or Horford is to go get Drew Holiday. That's what I would do if I were Philly. He played in Philly. He is a perfect fit. You need a guy that can guard the point guards in your division. You need someone to guard Kemba, Kyrie, Kyle Lowry, Dennis Smith Jr., one player I'm That's also looking at. Well, this is off the Sixers now, but this is for the Clippers. Um, DeMar DeRozan's a free agent this summer. He's a Compton native, I'm pretty sure. I don't think they have the money for that, though. It's got to be a trade. It's the same reasoning like if if Hayward opts out, the Celtics don't have a max spot. It's the same reason that works. So they wouldn't. I, I think that's an intriguing sign and trade. But I think it depends on how far – I think it depends more on the Spurs because I, I've i been saying this for a while. I think they should just start to go in all in on uh, DeJounte Murray. Um, I It depends how much they believe that. I think if they heavily believe that, then they would be open to doing a sign-and-trade with DeRozan. I think DeRozan goes back to San Antonio or if the Raptors, because they are going to have a, a close to a max slot, I think uh, – 
if they could get him back, I think that is a great fit, assuming they lose Van Fleet. Um, just putting DeRozan back up there is an amazing fit. Um, but, man, I don't know what the Clippers do. I, I, I'm pretty set you got to get a third guy. Uh, who that would be, I don't know. I think you're right on that it has to be a big, but I also think that I'm right on that it has to be one of a big or a facilitating guard. Well, it's not just – you don't need a star big, but you need a big big. Well, like, they have that. They have Zubach and Harrell, which I think is good enough. But I think, to me, why I say guard is you need a guy to take the pressure off of uh, Kawhi and Paul George. Because I, I think at this point you have to face the reality that both of them aren't really going to be going at the same time as far as, like, when they get hot. So you need a third perimeter guy in my eyes, and it's got to be it's got to be a one or a two. Um, I've again, I said Drew Holiday. I think that's the name that comes to mind. Um, I think also Chris Paul comes to mind. I think depending on what Miami does this offseason, based on the way he's playing in these playoffs, Goran Dragic certainly comes to mind as a cheaper and easier option. Um, depending on what Toronto decides to do, because I personally think Toronto now, unless they make a major move, is not getting out of the first or second round in the foreseeable future. Um, Kyle Lowry, if you want to see if you can make the money work there, that'd be a team willing to take on vets. Um, it's just tough. That's it. It's just hard. Um, you're locked into this core. They pretty much went full, full force on this. So, I I think you go ride or die. You get a third guy. You run it back. I think that's what the Clippers probably will do. If this happened to my team, I would be saying fire Doc Rivers, trade Paul George, build around Kawhi better. I think now you've invested too much. You have to run it back. Um, I was hoping. whether or not Doc is the head coach. I think that is something that could change. I'm pretty sure. I think this is. I think this is a team that could go look at someone like Kenny Atkinson, someone like Chauncey Billups, whose name has been brought up in GM searches before. I'm surprised it has never been brought up in a coaching search. Um, You just have to look at someone who can finish, and Doc, at this point, can't. So I think. Whether or not his players gave up on him, that was not a joke, by the way. I was being legitimately serious. I was going to say, but yeah, I think whether he can or not at this point is a question. Because you can say his players gave up on him, but then you can also say he didn't make adjustments. He kept the same guys that weren't caring in the game. Like Morris wasn't given any effort. Defense. People call this team the best defensive team in the league, but they're lazy. They're not. I don't think I, – I wouldn't call them that. Um, I think Milwaukee, healthy, is the best defensive team in the league. I think after that, you get into a conversation about Boston and Toronto and Miami. Um, and I think, obviously, the, um, the Lakers for a stretch when they were healthy. Um, and then I talk about the Clippers. But I think the Clippers' problems are more culture – related than uh, flailing defense because they were terrible defensively in the series. And again, I think a lot of that goes to you 
expected Kawhi to carry you, and that's just not how basketball works. One guy has never carried a team through a tough path to a championship. Never happened in basketball history. As much as some people, you know, whether that be Jordan fans or LeBron fans or Kobe fans, yes, those three fan bases love to do this, uh, tout how one guy can carry a team to a championship. That's just not true in any case. You need help, and you need help that fits uh, the way you play. I mean, you see it with everyone. You know, with Jordan, you get guys that are better at defending big men and some shooters around him. With LeBron, it's just shooters and guys who try on defense. And with Kobe, it was just good passers, good rebounders. But like, why doesn't have what fits his game at this point? And I think, yeah, the game seven chokes inexcusable, but look at the rest of the series and look at the rest of the playoffs. Kawhi was carrying this team. But one thing, if you can't get your team past the second round, that is embarrassing. Because I well, can't tell Isaiah Thomas carried the Celtics to the second round. Well, even then, you got to point out his help. I mean, he carried them past the second round. It was one, a, in, it's in the East, past the year uh, 2000. So that's a very easy Eastern Conference. Chris Paul almost carried his team through the first round all the way to the second. For Kawhi, yeah, but Chris Paul, I mean, you have to point out like Adams and Gallinari and SGA with the Celtics and Isaiah. It was Avery Bradley. Mm-hmm. Kelly Olenek gave you games out of nowhere. Jay Crowder played ridiculously well, and that team also had – uh, Al Horford, and although he didn't score a ton, it was a very young Jalen Brown plus Marcus Smart. I got a team. Allen Iverson carrying the Sixers to the NBA uh, Finals. If you don't have Dikembe Mutombo, you don't make it out of the first round. I'm sorry. AI was great, but until he got Mutombo, it wasn't doing anything. Without Mutombo, without, without the defensive guards that he had. That's true. Yeah, without Aaron McKee and Eric Snow, that team is not good. And to Kemba Matumbo. Um, you forgot the big men you had to play getting to that finals. Not just playing Shaq. You played the Raptors and you played those Bucks. You had to go against Big Dog. You had to go against Vin Baker. You had to go against, I'm pretty sure, Antonio Davis was on that Raptor team. Um, you needed those perimeter wing guys, as I said, to guard Vince Carter, Ray Allen. You needed the perimeter guys to guard Sam Cassell. Um you know, and then in the finals that you lost, you needed those perimeter guys to guard Kobe and you needed to come to guard Shaq. All right. So let's talk. Well, let's just do some predictions for Lakers Nuggets. Oh, I got Lakers in game one. Well, do you have Lakers? Let's do a series prediction here. Uh, I'm going to take Lakers in five. I'm going to take Lakers in six. Um, I don't think they'll get – If I hope – it would be pretty cool if the Nuggets went down 3-1 and continued fighting and just the hype would be insane, but. Yeah, I, I want to see that. I mean, I would I would just want to see LeBron blow a 3-1 lead. I think that'd be funny. I'd want to see how LeBron fans explain it and how like. Well, their explanation will be the Nuggets are the king of. Yeah, no, their their explanation will be Jokic is the best center in the league. Anthony Davis didn't show up. Actually, matter of fact, Anthony Davis isn't a top 10 player in the league. And then outside of that, you know, LeBron didn't really have any help. 
Look at all these washed up guys. LeBron has no help. He always has to carry, and he has no help. And we're just going to forget that, you know, the last two teams he was on, he's had teammates that finished top five and top ten in MVP voting and dropped 40 points constantly. But, no, that's irrelevant because LeBron carries his team. LeBron came back from a 3-1 lead. It's not like, you know, it's not like Kyrie had two 40-point games and Kyrie torched Steph Curry basically drained him out of the series and Clay Thompson drained him out of the series. Like, that's not Kyrie doing it. It's LeBron because LeBron is his teammate, and he picks him up really well, and he's a big inspirer. So this episode will be one for the ages. We can keep going. We got more to talk about, too. At the end, I'm just going to go over what happened in the Open today because I really care about it. So yeah, um, take the lead right we now. We have changed predictions for uh, the other conference final. I did mine. I'm saying Heat and four. Ah, uh, that's assuming the Celtics don't get Hayward back. Heat and six or seven. Six. Celtics are going to bring him back. They're not going to get Hayward till game four or five. There's no way he's coming back game three, no matter how much you want him to. It would be dumb for the medical staff to put him back, like literally the day he's eligible to come back. Yeah, but do you want to go down 3-0? But I just don't see it happening. I don't I see, see it happening. happening. It's very possible. I don't. I just don't see it happening. So I think that the Celtics will still take the next game. They're going to play. They're actually going to try outside of how they didn't try in the third quarter tonight. I think that Heat will continue shooting well. Jimmy Butler will win him a game in the clutch because he is the most clutch player in the league, in my opinion. Um, he gets it done when he has to. What? I, Jimmy Butler does not choke. It's he just. I, I would choke. say Kevin Durant. Hmm. I would say Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, we haven't saw in a while. Lord knows. Yeah, but you said most clutch in the league. I think him. Like and, right now. I think him, and I go as far as LeBron recently. Are pretty clutch. Also, Kyle Lowry can't ignore about, that. Yeah, Lowry's clutch too. But let's talk about Bubble. Jimmy Butler is one of the most clutch players, or the most clutch player. Oh, I think he is the. You very, could say Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray, yeah, he's been lighting it up. He's been really good. But Butler just gets it done. That's that's what happens with this guy. He just wins. I. That's I I I agree with you. This is his first time in the conference final. And the Heat are not a good team, but they've just won. I I don't know how. Yep, exactly. They don't know how either. It's not their fault they're winning. It's Brad Stevens. He shouldn't be up. I think they know it. All right. Well, let's let's stop rambling about it. Um, okay. Well, I'll just say this. You know, I don't see what you see in the Celtics winning Game Three. Unless Brad Stevens, you know, lights up that Greg Popovich pack and magically becomes a good coach from learning something while getting high or some sort of magic drug trip that makes him a good coach. Uh, oh, I, um, I, don't see I, have a, I have a new topic we can talk about. Oh, wait, let's talk about the game right now, actually. We can, we're recording live. We live what report of uh, Thursday Night Football, a not fun game between. Okay. okay, I disagree with that. 
The, Football the, is fun, period. Any game. I love it. Joe Burrow's leading his team to a touchdown right now down the field. He's had a questionable game. 193 yards, one touchdowns, 21 for 35. Baker Mayfield looked good in the first half. Does anybody I watched, have a pick or no? I don't know if you watched the game, but Baker Mayfield looked pretty good. Nick Chubb's back. He's been bowling over everyone. Beckham had a big touchdown. Here's four catches as we, we're speaking right now. Browns, they're playing the Bengals, but... Oh, 28-13. They're about to score right now. Oh, never mind. Yeah, I think it's just two bad defenses. I think outside of a couple guys on each on each defense, these aren't great defenses. I'm surprised Joe Mixon has been this bad. I feel bad to bring it back back to basketball. Oh, we I can go back. I want to talk about the this trade boggled my mind. Us. Trade? Drew, the Drew Holiday package trade? were talked about and uh, all over social media. So supposedly oh. the Nets were looking into a package. For oh yeah. No, you can talk Spencer about Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, and a first round pick. That is terrible. That is a terrible trade. I, why would you give up? Why plus the first? Yeah. Uh, Do you agree? Like, I I think. Where are you going? This might. Okay, I think. One, this is a fun, this would be a great trade for the Pelicans. Can we just get that out there? This oh, would make yes. them a really good team. Um, and that's probably the best return you can get for Drew Holiday. I would say that. Um, wouldn't put it past the Nets to do it. Jared Allen's You're going all in. You're going all in with KD and Kyrie. If they think Drew Holiday can really elevate them more than two bench guys. Well, those aren't even bench guys. They're great bench They both players. come off the bench. But they're great. Yeah, but they both come off the bench. I think Jared bench. Allen's better than DeAndre Jordan. I agree with that. It's just DeAndre and Jordan's going to start. So it's like they're not going to – all popularity contest. Well, yeah. I mean, you got KD and Kyrie on your team. Hey, <laughs> you know, what else do you expect? I'm not complaining because my favorite teams in the East, they can go do that, but I can't I wrap my good. head around I think it'll be a good regular season team. I don't, right? I don't see where that team wins in the playoffs. You know, they just don't have enough guys around well, KD and Kyrie, even with Drew Hall. You don't trade those two when you got enough. Karis LeVert, Joe Harris – Spencer Dinwiddie. Isn't Joe Harris – is he a free agent or is that next offseason? I do not know. Because if he is, he's getting paid. Dude, shooters are needed. I want to see how much Bertons gets paid this summer as well. Bertons going to get paid. I think he stays in Washington, though. I think he gets paid to stay. I think they're going to keep him. Because Wall's coming back. Yeah, that will be a nice six seed. Nice. That's like the when people talk about like Booker going to the Timberwolves, uh, and that big three. I, I always just think like, oh, that'd be a nice six seed. Like that'd be a six game first round out. That'd Imagine that nice team, that seed. Timberwolves team with um, Andrew Wiggins. Oh my God! Imagine if they had Wiggins. <laughs> that'd be such a dope ninth place finish. Um, no, but. 
I don't know. I kind of went random. That was kind of a shot in the dark. I'm sorry. But I feel like any team that can't play defense is not – like no matter how much offensive firepower you have. That's why I was um, – <clears throat> I wasn't – I was a little surprised Buell got left off the All-NBA team. But – Oh, same. I, I, I didn't put him on mine, honestly. I agreed with it. I was surprised that he was left off, but I agreed. I don't know how Lowry isn't on any of the All-NBA teams. I agreed with that. Lowry didn't have a great regular season. He really just turned it up in the playoffs. Yeah. But um, like, I, I agree with Simmons. No matter how much you hate him, his defensive play has put him – Oh, I, I thought he should have been higher. What are you talking about? I thought he should have been over Siakam. I thought him or Tatum. It was a toss-up between which one you want to put over Siakam on the second team. Tatum was within, like, eight points of Siakam. It was just, like, definitely all the Toronto writers giving him, like, first-team votes. But, um, no, I wasn't surprised. I think people were mad about Bradley Beal because a lot of people look at per-game numbers. But, I mean, the Wizards are – literally the worst defensive team in the league and maybe one of the worst we've seen over the last like 10 years. So there are two sides of the ball. Yeah. Um, Bulls fans were mad because Zach Levine didn't make it again. Not surprising because look at the amount of shots he takes. I mean, his PER is pretty awful. You think he's staying he's very inefficient. You think he's staying in Chicago this summer? Levine. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see the need for him in the open market as far as teams with money. I think teams without money could use him, but I don't know how they'd get him. Well, I feel bad because we're just going back to back to back. But I really can't I, – I don't know how you're not scared about the Nets. I think oh, I'm not. I'm I think not. they're a terrifying team. I don't think that they are. Offensive firepower. Those two players, that will be the greatest two offensive players to play together, arguably. Oh, 100% disagree. Arguably. No, it's not close. They're not top five. Who? Who's better? Yeah. Do you want me to list? Offense. Straight offense. Straight offense. Do you want me to list? Sure. Or not? Okay. In no particular order, because I – can't be fucked to do this. Kobe and Shaq would be one. Yep, that's what I was about to say. Kobe and Shaq, um, LeBron and Wade. People forget about that. Uh, I will use one of those players that you mentioned. LeBron and Wade are not better scorers. Yes, they are. You're forgetting the era. Prime Wade and Prime LeBron were. I'm going to use one of the players you mentioned. Um, KD and Curry were better. (laughs) Um. <laughs> uh, then I'm gonna go to Magic and Kareem, or better, obviously. Um, and then fifth is tough because I know they're out there. I just give it off for Durant, Kyrie, and KD. I thought you were gonna say Kyrie and Braun, and I was gonna say no. Uh, I'm blanking on it. I know what it is. I'm just blanking, but I know what it is. Uh, it's so tough. Oh, wow. When you really have to think about it, it's like it's not hard to find one that's better. It's just these specific ones without getting redundant, you know? Because, like, mm-hmm. it's just hard. Um, Jeremy Lin and Carmelo Anthony. 
Um, you know, this one's kind of a kind of a shot in the uh, both pure scores. And it's just going to be – I'm super excited because their play styles, they don't fit You know, together. you're going to hate this. You're going to hate what I'm about to say. Are you really going to say – No. You are you don't know what I'm about to say. Um, you're going to hate this because these two guys are already in the league, um, currently playing together, and, and are you. currently in the playoffs. Well, that kind of just gave it away. Um. LeBron and AD. Better. No way. Better. Better. LeBron is a better scorer than Kevin Durant. Actually, you said said better offense. You said offense. You are 100%. He is a better offensive player. Right right now, because Lord knows how KD is going to play. He just had one. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm adding to is you don't come off a torn Achilles, a ruptured Achilles at that. And play the same level. So a healthy LeBron and AD is better offensively, definitely. But Just I do think a matchup problem to be worried about. Unless if they make that idiot, if they make that idiotic trade, I'm not really worried. That's a stupid trade. I'm already they, not worried as constructed. I mean, at least from a Celtics fans' perspective, because like we were playing really close games against the Warriors, like prime Warriors. So this teammate that. Yeah, guess what? We can beat Toronto. We can beat Philly. We can beat Brooklyn. I ain't, I ain't worried. 2015 Warriors lost by one to the Sixers, baby. 2015 Warriors lost – like they broke the longest home winning streak ever to the Celtics in a game where we didn't have Al Horford. Yeah, Horford. We actually hadn't gotten him yet, actually. I remember because uh, Amir Johnson was our starting center in that game. Evan Turner dropped like 18-5. and five. And Isaiah had 30, so. You think, but, uh, where do you think he'll play next season? Isaiah? You think he'll play? I think he will. I think he'll find I a team. He will. I'm, Honestly, I'm this, this is going to sound kind of biased. Uh, would also sound kind of perfect. Wouldn't be surprised if he ends up back in Boston. I wouldn't be shocked. I it's what they need, they need for him. So, anywhere I, you can get it. I wouldn't be surprised either. And he knows the system already. Like that's that's been their concern over the last couple of years. They're trying to get guys that can learn quickly. That's why they're picking up all these like European vets. You know? mm-hmm. Why do you think they picked up Tice, Wanamaker? Um Ojale was a three year player at SMU. You know, just trying to pick up guys that can pick it up. But I wouldn't be surprised. Um a lot of questions going into next year. Uh, I like this rambling style. I do. I really do. I like it better when it's just talking and less kind of organized. I think we'll go back to organizing the next sports one because by then I think the Celtics will probably be down 3-0. Football would be oh starting. Gosh, you are such a negative fan. I could never do that with my team. I could never um, be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, this yeah. is going to sound mean, but I think that's kind of just the Philly fan in you. I mean, Eagles fans are the same way, you know. Cool. Like, they, th- they think they're going to make the playoffs this year. When you live, eat, and breathe it, it's hard yeah, to Yeah, I mean, Boston, we do. I think generally we're a more just, pessimistic city. Like, there are a lot more cynics that are Celtics fans. You know what? If Philly 
just thought we would lose all the time. We would all be dead because that's all we do is lose. Well, the Celtics, here's the thing. We don't think we're going to lose. Like, I came in the last two games, like, fully expecting to win. It's just we know that we can collapse at any point, so we're not surprised. Therefore, we're not really sad about it. Um, yeah, we're not, I mean, I wasn't surprised. I mean, I literally came out and said it cause I watched these games in my room, but I came out to y'all and I literally said like, I'm like when we were up 17, I was like, I, I don't care about this league. Cause I, I can smell the, the bad second half coming. Yeah. They talked to me about it. Actually. Yeah. So I saw it coming. I knew this was happening. I was watching uh, – actually, at halftime, I turned on the uh, the Boys Season 2, Episode 5. Really good episode. If anyone listening watches that show, Episode 5 was amazing. The ending was really fucked up. Um, not fucked up, but just, like, kind of disturbing to watch. Um, nobody really dies that gruesomely in this one either, so it's, like, a good family episode, other than, like, one scene when – uh, Homelander like chops a dude in half. Spoiler alert, sorry, but I didn't give anything away plot wise, so I think it's fine. Um, yeah, I mean it's just tough. I think it's tough in basketball. Tough shit. Uh, also, news from Gary Washburn in the bubble that I just saw. Um, the Celtics probably not a good sign. Are not practicing tomorrow. Oh my gosh! They have a game. What the hell? Did the did the Browns or uh, Bengals score? No, he's pulling a Brett Brown. What? Oh, he's not Brad the team. Well, Marcus Smart announced it, and then Brad Stevens appeared to just second it. That's that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. I cannot believe you're not heated. I'm not. Um. Again, I said this series was 50-50. That's why I picked the Celtics in six games and not five like I did with the Raptors um, and four like I did with the Sixers. I was right about that, by the way. Last time I was right about a prediction. (laughs) Other than this loss, I predicted this game two loss. I don't want to hear about my team losing anymore. Hey, we've we've been talking about my team losing for like an hour in this podcast. But, like, it's not like I'm all, like... Oh no! And it's been me talking about it. I've had to dissect this loss. I can't lie. If the Heat win, I'll kind of be happy because it'll show how much of a sham our front office is in Philly. Why? Because you couldn't beat us. Because we couldn't keep the most valuable player who took his team. Oh, to- Jimmy! I totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if y'all had Jimmy. Yeah, Woo! Imagine Jimmy, but no Drogic. We'd probably still beat you. Without Simmons, probably. Oh, yeah. Without Simmons, you would have won. Yeah. Simmons is the X factor. Yep. As smart as is ours. As weird as that sounds, Marcus Smart is well, our Mark- X factor. We love him and trust him. Marcus Smart has been the best player on the Celtics during the bubble. You cannot prove me wrong right now. During the entire bubble, it's been Tatum. Yep. Smart's been number two. I agree with that, but Tatum's been better. Number one. Nah, Tatum's averaging 27 and 13. I'll take that over smart. Talk about efficiency. What? Let's talk about defensive and offensive efficiency. Who affects the game more? 
Mark is smart. Oh, smart. But that's true. Mark, smart is smart's it. arguably like, as far as if you want to talk about how someone affects the game, he's arguably like top five in the league. I know he's very high in plus minus. Like t- his TPA is ridiculous. I think it's just his, his bad shooting brings it down. But in the playoffs, I know ever since he shot well, his TPA is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, look, yeah, I still have ESPN on. They are just – just keep going about uh, how we had a great first half and uh, wow. Before yeah, we can't beat the zone. Before we wrap things up later on. If- Wait, I actually want to say one more thing. I know you, you want to get to golf. Yeah, I love golf. Okay, I'm going to talk about uh, Asia Wilson. My congratulations, my favorite player in the WNBA. She was named uh, WNBA MVP today in her third year in the league. Congrats. I think the Aces, that's my predicted champion. I think they're going to go to the final and win it. So uh, congrats to her on winning an MVP. Average uh, 21, just under 21 points a game, about eight rebounds and uh, four assists this year. So uh, hands off to Asia. Uh, That wouldn't have happened if my girl, Ella Della Don, wasn't um, injured, but – to the Elena Deladon. Put some what? respect on that name. Elena Deladon. Put some respect oh, on that name. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Elena Deladon is the GOAT. Um, but U.S. Open, Phil Mickelson. Oh, uh, no, oh, she, she's not. She's going to be. Uh, oh, that's Lisa Leslie. Or Sue Bird. One of the Sue two. Bird or Tarasi. Not, not yet. But – now going on to my little golf spiel. I'm a big golf guy. I just started this summer and I'm getting really into it. Phil Mickelson almost last nine over pretty bad. Um, Tiger got three birdies in a row. Everyone was getting excited and then he stank it up again. Not shocked. We see Justin Thomas at one. He's really been taking things over McElroy and five. It'll be fun to watch throughout these next couple of days. So um, I'll be in touch with more that's going on in golf. Um, Yo, is that live? They golfing at eleven ten. Hmm. Is that live? What do you mean? Like those scores? No, they don't play at night. Oh, I'm sure you could. But like top golf style. Have you ever been to Top Golf? Um, no, but I've always I've always wanted to go. They're building one at the Garden, so I'm definitely going when I go back home. Yeah, at the Garden. Yeah, they're building one. Like, cause they're they're doing this huge expansion project for like around it. Oh, they're doing and, like the and part of it. Yeah, they're building a top golf there. So I don't know like the COVID access, but like definitely me. I don't know you probably can't because of COVID. But like when this shit clears up, um, I'll probably take you, a couple boys, and we'll just go go fuck around at top golf. But yeah, I'll kick your butt. I mean, it's it's more like how far you can hit it. Yeah, I can go far. I mean, like, people, like, hit that. I See, I don't know where they're building it. I think it's in the front. I would like to have seen it built, like, obviously you can't do it over the Zakim Bridge because then you just hit cars. Oh, one, one other I would have rather put it in the harbor is what I was saying. Sixers are losing their loan with um, Wells Fargo Center, and they might build a massive stadium on Penn's Landing right around the Ben Franklin Bridge. So that's some news. That'd be nice. Oh. Finally put it in Philly, like actual Philly. But I disagree with that. That would, Like, I'm a season ticket holder. That would be held a park. You cannot park. park. Can you just take the train? Well, If it's I, near, like, a – I'm like a two hours away. I like, know, but like you could just park at a train station. 
Yeah, that's true. I could just park at a septa, which is probably yeah, like that's what I did when I lived in the in the in the boobs in the boobs when I was living there primarily. I would just park. My car's name is Barbara, so I just park Barbara at a train station, take the commuter rail in. Isn't there a big um, parking garage though for the garden? Yeah, it's below it's four levels. It fills up quick though. So yeah. also, it's expensive as hell. It's like thirty-seven dollars. There will be no tailgating for Sixers. No, actually, Penn's Landing would be perfect for tailgating. You guys tailgate basketball games? Oh, Sixers fans are nuts. Well, we tailgate. We just tailgate football. We tailgate every damn sport. Well, we can't because, like, our arenas – like, Gillette is the only one where you can do that. Like, Fenway is, like, a whole area. The earliest like, I've gone to a Sixers game is four hours before. Really? I don't go, like, early. I mean, C's, again, I think it's mainly because, like, I live close by. And also, even when I didn't, it's just, like, I would just – just a nice social yeah. event. Like – Well, no, I mean, the Celtics thing is, like, ours is, like, built around stuff. So, like, if you want to socialize, cool yeah. you go to a bar or you go to a restaurant. I went up to the garden for the last um, – um, it was the third game we played, you guys. Oh, um, so it's the one we actually won. In the I wore an Al Horford jersey. I got it signed by the man himself. Yeah. It was a nice trip. I'm excited to go up again. Um, I want to go to the garden soon, the real garden, Madison Square Garden. No need to put a fence on TV. Well, I mean, I, I call ours the real garden because, like, banners. But, but. history, like mu- – yeah, overall history. history, I'll give them that. But yeah, the original right. Boston Garden yeah. has more than MSG, but that got torn down. This episode was a mess. I'm smiling, laughing about it. I don't that. think it was a mess. I think it's more entertaining when we do these because it's less like organization and stuff. You know? I feel that. We could do this like once a week, like just a ramble episode. I'm still recording, by the way. So this is going in. Yeah, I know. 100% going in. It's just a ramble episode, basically. Yeah. Um, want to just talk about fantasy and then end it? Because I think fantasy is something we could talk. We Jonathan touch Taylor, on. all the way up. His value is insane right now, which I'm kind of scared about. For well, people. I would think the other running back, Naheem Hines, I think his value is a little yeah, better. That's one thing. I think it's stupid to go all in on this rookie. Like, well, also, for me, the thing is, I don't know if anyone listening is in a PPR league, Hines is better for PPR because he's actively involved in the pass game. I'd um, like to say more people are involved. I like him. This week, I like Eckler. I like Eckler against Kansas City to have a bounce back because you're not going to be able to run it up the gut with uh, that Kelly guy. Yeah. And, you know, um, Le'Veon out. Um, if you don't have a running back at all, you could pick up Frank Gore, the GOAT. I put Livion on IR to pick up. Uh, well, it's kind of irrelevant now. I'm dropping him for a receiver, but uh, I picked up uh, Blake Snell for the – I don't know if it's Blake. I think it's something. It's, Le'Veon it's Bell? Snell. No, I put him on IR. Put him on IR. But he's – oh, okay. Yeah, because he is on IR, so I can put him on IR. But I picked up the Steelers running back because I thought Connor would be out, but Connor is playing. I don't like either running back against Denver anyway. So, Robbie Anderson, big pickup. Had a huge game last game. I expect it going on. He is going to be shit. You really think so? 
Yeah, they're playing the Bucks. But he's a good number two wideout. That's the thing. This guy has always been Sanders like, and Thomas didn't play that well. That's true. But Their secondary is pretty underrated. I was wrong about that. We made our preseason predictions, and I said Tampa's secondary was washed. They played pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, if you could stop Michael Thomas, you're pretty dang yeah. good. Well, Thomas was hurt, I think, was the main thing. He's out for a couple weeks. Um, but Tom Brady, that's another must start this week against that god-awful Carolina secondary. Even without uh, Godwin, which it looks like they might not have, um, that's a must start for me. Do you agree? Yeah. Brady in a bounce back. I don't think it'll be a 30 point game, but I could. I'd say like 25. I, I say, think that's. I say 20. I don't yeah, think Brady's going to boom in the next. It'll take a couple weeks for him to get going in this offense. It depends. I think this could be a big week of practice for teams. I think the Patriots make adjustments. That's just bias for me. Tomorrow would be a big day of practice for the Celtics. I'm yes, it would be, but, you know, I, uh, the team I, has to wait first. That's how this works. We implode, and then we get swept. That's how this works. And then we do nothing. And then we go on another big run and get one game within the NBA Finals, and then we implode again. And it's cyclical, and it never stops. And then the Sixers sweep you guys and go to the Finals, and I'm crying and burning down my own city. And then they win one game and lose four straight. Like I the last time I can't wait for the day I get to jump on cars in Philadelphia. I know. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, you know, you'll mess up your grandson's car that day. But um, you know, it's tough. Uh, we are going to wrap. I think on record, our longest oh, ever pod. This we're has- going to wrap it. This was over an hour, mainly due to the Celtics playing like ass. This will be our first explicit content one for the swears. I don't know if I can upload this freely without putting a warning on that. So I'm just going to put it on there anyway. Uh, I'm Adam. That's Billy. This has been the Beating the Buzzer podcast. Thank you, guys. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's the same handle, at Beating Buzzer. Please follow and share the podcast. We will see you or talk to you guys um, in a couple days. No set date on it. I would take a guess Saturday night or Sunday morning we will record it. So the next pod pretty much guaranteed will be out Sunday or Monday. Thank you guys for listening and goodbye.